Welcome to episode 98 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about the Yankees trade deadline moves and basically the rest of the 2022 season and what to expect and all of that. Um, So the Yankees were quite busy at the trade deadline. Um, I mean, granted, the Benintendi trade came before that, but we'll start with that. They traded traded TJ Sakema, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Beck Way and Chandler Champlin for Benintendi on July 27th. Now, I'm not a huge Benintendi guy. Um, I realize that he has bat-to-ball skills. And the thing with the bat-to-ball skills is often it kind of gets misconstrued what people like me argue against. Bat-to-ball skills are good. Uh, Please, don't get me wrong here. Like, having a guy who makes a lot of contact is a good thing. Now, that comes with an asterisk. It's a good thing if the guy is making good contact and is productive. I mean, not even necessarily making good... If, if you're lucky enough to not always make good contact, but you can find holes, you're that gifted, okay, good for you. But I'm more concerned about the productivity part of the uh, of the equation as opposed to how you look or how much contact you make or how your hits look. I, I'm not really... I'm concerned about the productivity part of the assignment. Right, so I'm not into guys like Benintendi the way other people are, and Benintendi's not bad. I'm I'm not sitting here arguing that he's bad. Benintendi is a perfectly above average MLB player slash hitter. He's kind of meh to me because he doesn't do anything at a particularly high level outside of make contact. Now he takes walks, good for him. The defense is eh, like the range is eh, the arm is super eh, like the whole player is just eh, like all right. Okay, he's going to play instead of Aaron Hicks in the playoffs, I guess. I, cool. I, just Andrew Bantay doesn't do a whole lot for me. Okay? Like, they had to get Joey Gallo out of town, and that's fine. But Benintendi just, eh, he's just eh, all across the board. I get why they did it. I'm not complaining about a guy who gets on base as much as he does. Even now, he's, he's what? Like, one for his first 22, but he has eight walks. Like, I'm not going to complain about a guy who gets on base at that clip. He just doesn't move me in the way that, you know, in the way that uh, other people, in the way that he moves other people because he makes contact and the Yankees need contact here, which we've been hearing since basically 2010, it feels like, right? So, overall, like, eh, he's there, I guess. Cool. All right, so the second trade was Scott Efros, Scott Efros was acquired from the Cubs for Hayden Wisniewski. I'm not going to pretend like I, I, I know a whole lot about Hayden Wisniewski. Um, he's one of the better Yankee pitchers in the, in the system. I'm past the point of caring about Yankee pitchers in the system because on, on the irrational side, they once held on to Justice Sheffield instead of trading him for Manny Machado. How'd that work out, number one? Number two, they, they, they once held on to Chance Adams instead of trading him for Garrett Cole. That kind of ended up working on the end, but how'd that work out? You know, so I'm I'm pitching prospects as a whole. Like I don't I I don't I don't dream on pitching prospects and get excited for pitching pro- pitching prospects 
and the way that I do for the high-end hitting prospects. And then you have the fact that the Yankees' pitching development is amongst the best in baseball, so I don't really care about these dudes that they trade. And that, that's, the, that, that's, the, my, that's my favorite part of the trade deadline was the fact that they continually traded from a position of strength, which was pitcher. They traded a whole bunch of their pitch, a, a whole bunch of their um, their the pitchers in their farm system to bolster the major league roster. Which, good on you. So as far as Efros, like he's a really good relief pitcher. He has five years of team control. He has nasty stuff. You know, he's a, he he presents a different kind of look because he he's a sidearm guy. I, I like the trade. The, the the Yankees needed bull the, the Yankees needed bullpen reinforcements and they got one. The third trade, um, the biggest trade, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino, and they sent Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, J.P. Sears, and Cooper Bowman, Bowman, excuse me, to the A's. First of all, given what Luis Castillo, given what the C- the Seahawks, the Seahawks, Jesus Christ, the Mariners paid for Luis Castillo, I'm a big fan of what they of what the Yankees paid for Frankie Montas because Montas is, you can argue that he's in this he's basically the same kind of pitcher. You could argue he's the same caliber of pitcher. Obviously, the shoulder inflammation kind of throws a wrench into things a little bit because you don't know how that's going to end up. The Yankees, I'm assuming, apparently cleared, cleared his um, his medicals and they like what they saw. So they went, through with, they went through with the trade. As far as the actual pitchers themselves, Castillo and Montas are in the same tier. And Seattle gave up three of their top five prospects to get Luis Castillo. And the Yankees didn't give up any of their... Well, they gave up one of their top five to get him and and secondary caliber pieces. I'm a fan of the trade. You know, he had a 3.15 ERA, uh, 3.18 ERA this year for the A's in 19 starts. And he's, I mean, if you believe Carlos Rodon was available, he didn't end up moving. But if you believe that he was available, Montas was probably what? The, either the second or the third best pitcher available on the market. And the Yankees got him for a reasonable price. Again, they gave up three pitchers in the trade, which I like. Give... You give up trade from a surplus. You have a surplus of pitching, trade from it. And they did that. I think Frankie Montas is an excellent number two starter, and the Yankees should be set up with him and Cole at the top of their rotation, assuming, you know, Cole kind of uh, does something about these blow-up affairs that he's been having recently. Trade four, Joey Gallo to the Dodgers for Clayton Beer. Um... I'll talk a little bit about Joey Gallo. Not so much the trade. The trade itself had to be made. Um, they got a guy who apparently has really good stuff and projects to be a really good reliever. So I, I guess good for them. Um, the Yankees traded a bit, quite a bit to get him last year, given that um, that they that they made the Texas Rangers pay the remaining of the salary because you know the Yankees operate like broke boys. So I, I can't really sit here and, and praise the trade too much because Cashman is basically putting out a fire that he created. Now, I will never be mad at that trade. Um, last year's Yankees, they had very little power. They, were, they ranked below average in basically every power category, and that's despite having Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton on the team. They went and they traded for two guys, two left-handed power hitters. Now, granted, Rizzo is a different kind of hitter because he's, he's more complete or whatever. But they traded for two left-handed hitters who should have provided some power. It never, it never worked out for Joey Gallo here. It, it, it is what it is. Um, that, that, that's, that's life, man. Sometimes you, the, the, the process is right, and then the result end up wrong. Now, 
the people who hated Joey Gallo from the beginning are going to do their victory laps, which, I mean, cool, do you. Not 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 stopping you. I'm not, I'm not here to argue. I'm past the point of arguing about Joey Gallo because we're going to do the thing where we revise his entire career to make him look worse than he is, and we say that it never made sense to trade for Cashman because we needed contact hitters, despite the fact that the 2021 Yankee, the 2021 Yankees offense problem was they didn't have enough juice. But I'm not going to sit here and argue with y'all. Now, I, I will say this about the Joey Gallo conundrum. Uh, conundrum is probably not the right word for it, but you know what I mean. The last couple weeks he was here, there were the the noise that he was going to leave, that he was going to get traded became louder and louder, and he was doing basically doing – he was dead man walking in, in baseball roster sense. Like, it was obvious that he was going to be gone, right? And they were doing interviews and such, and he was kind of – he was beating himself up over it. Like, the last interview he did before he left, he beat himself over – beat himself up over disappointing the Yankees, disappointing himself, and not living up to the hype that came with him when he got here. Michael K went on a rant on the Yes Network about – you know, Joey Gallo's woe is me attitude and, you know, how he felt sorry for himself and he kind of blamed the fans for booing him. And was everything that Michael K said wrong? Not particularly. I, I'm not of the school of thought that I think booing people who play for your favorite team is asshole behavior. Am I saying that, am I going to sit here and argue that you shouldn't? Not necessarily. But I kind of feel like if somebody calls you an asshole, an asshole for booing a player on your favorite team, you can't really sit there and argue with it. You kind of are. It's an asshole move, man. Like you're rooting, you're you're allegedly rooting for the guy to succeed, and then you're gonna boo him when he fails. Like th- th- that's an asshole move. Am I saying that people shouldn't do it? No, not necessarily. Fine, do what you gotta do. But the thing with that rant was Michael K is speaking for a lot of meatheads in our fan base. He he sp- like he said on Twitter that he wasn't you know it wasn't a, it wasn't for his radio show but I mean it kind of was though like yeah it wasn't technically on your radio show but the type of people who are cheering for cheering for that for that rant and whatever are people who listen to the Michael K show let's call it what it is now as I said is the stuff that he said necessarily wrong I have a problem with one thing he said that oh you know they didn't they it wasn't the booing for Joey Gallo wasn't extra special like he wasn't really a target uh, that's paraphrased that's bullshit because IKF has been has been stinking up the field all year and he's he's yet to receive a boo and fine you want to say oh he's a stopgap what was he expected to do? first of all he was expected to defend he can't do that either so and and he's blocking you know potentially better people from playing. I mean that that part of it is not his fault. The Yankees organization doesn't think those guys are ready for whatever the reasoning is. They don't think those guys are ready. They want to keep running out IKF is short. Good for them, I guess. Bad for me, right? But he's been bad all year. I ain't, I ain't heard a peep. And if if you want to go with expectations, first of all, that's bullshit because DJ LeMayu came off two top three MVP last uh, um, top three MVP caliber seasons stunk last year in the batter's box, cons- like hit into what felt like 2,000 rally-killing double plays, and he ain't here a boo either. So we're not going to make this about expectations because c- that, that ain't it. Now, fine, you, you want to say the hype that came with Gall- Gallo, you know, the, the, the pay rate, whatever you want to say. All right, fine, let's go with that. Josh Donaldson is making $24 million this year. The Yankees took on Josh Donaldson to get IKF, Ridiculous, ridiculous um, logic, by the way. But fine. They, they took on Josh Donaldson to get IKF. His OPS is in the sixes. 
and I haven't heard a boo for him either. Look, am I saying that Joey Gallo shouldn't have been booed based on his performance? No. Am I saying Joey Gallo's performance was good? Hell no. He was awful. I'm not arguing that. Is he the only Yankee that was bad? No. Somehow, him and Aaron Hicks are the only two people that get booed. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense when the left side of the infield is right there. I care if it's right there. Josh Donaldson is right there. They don't get booed somehow. Aaron Hicks gets booed. Joey Gallo gets booed. I have my theories as to why Aaron Hicks gets booed. If you know me at all, you know what I'm going to say, and I'm not going to say it. Right? Joey Gallo, like, to me, it was just, when Joey Gallo's bad, it's ugly. Point blank. When it's bad, it's ugly. And it was just all bad here. And it got to a point where it got worse. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So again, I'm not arguing that he shouldn't have been booed. I'm not. I'm saying he damn sure didn't deserve to be the only person booed. That's all I'm saying. And we're not going to see or act like Yankee fans' logic as far as booing has ever been consistent. Because John Carlos Stan, as of last year, was still getting booed. And that was fresh off of one of the best postseasons I've ever seen a Yankee have. So we're not going to make this about expectations or any kind of actual real logic when it comes to Yankee fans booing people. They boo it because they want to and they boo it because they're assholes. The logic doesn't have to make sense for them. They're just going to do it. But I will say this, though. K's, where K loses me on the rant... Uh, number one, people love to when you when you look at the, the the last two interviews Joey Gallo did here, it's clear that playing here took a toll on his mental health. Playing here and playing poorly clearly took a toll on his mental health to the point where the guy was ashamed to leave his house. Now that part of the story also I I think took on a life of its own. People took it as he was saying, you know, he might be harassed in the streets. I didn't take it as that. Maybe that's what he meant. Joey Gallo is a, is a pretty honest fella. I think if he meant that, he would have said it. I think he was just embarrassed to leave the house because he's been so bad at the plate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he was just embarrassed to leave the crib. But clearly, he, he, he said that it took a mental toll on him playing here. That, that was the theme of the entire last two interviews he did. How he beat himself up over it, how he feels awful about it, right? It, it's just, we can't live in a world where everybody is heightened. Everybody's awareness about mental, mental health is heightened and we and we claim we care about mental health and, and i mean a lot of us do gen, gen, genuinely care but then once it comes to a rich athlete all of a sudden all that shit goes out the window because really the the really the rant whether you want to say he was right or, or he was wrong like it ignores the large blinking neon sign of the guy the guy didn't like playing here partially because Partially because he stunk, obviously, and partially because, yo, his mental health was in a shitter. So we can't claim the care and then ignore that. We just can't. We can't. So I thought it was a bad look for that reason. And number two, he, 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 he tried to make it seem like Joey Gallo was playing the victim. And based on what he actually said, the response was just way too heavy-handed. It's like if you play fight with your son, with your little eight-year-old son, right? And, you know, he slaps you on the shoulder. It might sting for like two seconds. And then you decide to throw him around the house like a football. Like, the response is just not, it's not equal to, you know, what the the, the first action. If Joey Joey Gallo saying the fans were hard on him bothered you, fine. I don't know why, because it's true. They were. The motherfucker didn't say like, he didn't try to make excuses for his performance. He said he was bad. He said he was bad at every turn. He'd been saying he's been bad. Like, the guy had made no excuses for his performance. 
So I don't understand why that response, why he felt that strong, passionate response dunking on this guy who's already out of town. Mind you, he wouldn't have done it while he was here. Dunking on this guy while he's already out of town was necessary given what was actually said in the piece. If he was making excuses, fine, do you. If he was blaming the fans, fine, do you. He wasn't. He ain't like being booed. Like he thought he, he he ain't like being booed. He said they were hard on him. They were. That's true. We lived it. We saw it. He didn't say he didn't understand why. He just they were hard on him. So I'm not sure why that that response was necessary. And then of course that response leads to Yankee fans basically jerking themselves off. The self important. Oh, you not everybody can play in New York. Da, 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 da. It's not made for everybody. which is technically true. I'm not arguing that, but. Th- that argument only comes from people who are trying to make it, uh, like they pride themselves on being dickheads. Like, oh, you, you know, if you if you're here and you're not performing, we gonna let you hear it. Like, why is that something to be proud of? Like, why is it something that you're going to pile on a guy who already isn't performing and knows he isn't performing? Why is that a point of pride for people? That's what I don't understand and what I never will understand. Like, why is that a point of pride? Outside of a, a New Yorker's self-importance, which is a thing. But I spent way too much time on this topic. Either way, the trade itself made sense. They got, a, they got what projects to be a good reliever with good stuff for a guy who was going to leave town in two months anyway. And you, you really could not sit there and play in the playoffs. All right, so the final trade, before I got out of here, um, Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery. Now, the first reaction to this trade was, hey, man, that's a weird trade. Like, you're trading a guy who's basically what? Your four starter at this point? For a guy who will not play until September at the earliest. Excuse me. I, I thought that was a really strange trade. I don't understand. Like, it, it, it's one of those things where if, if Bader was healthy, I, I would understand it. If Bader projected to be a starting outfielder relatively soon and or into the playoffs, I'd understand it. The way they're talking, they're making him sound like a fourth outfielder. And for that, like paying an actual good number four starter seems to be a pretty expensive price for it. Am I am I saying that the players themselves in a vacuum don't have similar value? No, they do. Like if two different teams made this trade in different circumstances, you don't blink. Like, all right, Harris Bader is one of the best defensive players in the sport, and he has speed to speed to burn. Okay. For a number four star, that seems to be a, a fair even on trade. Now, if the Yankees were five games ahead instead of what, 12, 13, whatever they are now, do I think they make this trade? Probably not. Probably not because y- y- you are, un- unless the, the plan is to start Clark Schmidt, if the plan is to stretch him out and start him, then none of this matters. Then this whole, then the whole looking at it from a, it's a, it's a strange trade, that doesn't matter. None, none of this matters. But if the plan is to, to actively start Domingo Herman every fifth day, like, you're making yourself worse. F- facts. Like, that's just a simple fact. Like, going from Jordan Montgomery to Domingo Herman makes you worse. Now, what the, Yankees are, what the Yankees are telling you with this trade is they don't give a fuck about the rest of the regular season, and they're counting the days till it's over. Which, hey, man, I'm with you. I haven't cared about this since, since, they, since whatever the first double-digit lead was, and you realize, like, in, in the middle of... At the beginning of June, that's like a 10, 11 game lead. It's hard to care. I'm sorry. That's why you might see me. Uh, people are like, oh, how come you? How come people complain so much about you know IKF in my case or like Joey Gallo or whatever? And look, I didn't understand the complaint about Joey Gallo because there was no chance he was going to be here that long, right? And he's gone. 
Like, IKF is just... Can you not see him costing the Yankees a playoff game with an error? Because I can. Right? And how much do you really want me to say? Like, the Yankees are up 12 games. Aaron Judge is great at baseball. I acknowledge that every time he does something. Anthony Rizzo is dope. I acknowledge that every time he does something. Glaber Torres is, is fantastic to watch. I acknowledge that every time he does something. But what... Like, how do you, how do you expect me to look at a team... That's 12, 13 games over 500. Realize that these games don't mean shit. And also expect me to not complain about the worst player on the team. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call, tell everybody the truth. But, I mean, it is what it is. The idea of him playing in the playoffs makes my skin itch. And it's going to happen because the Yankees don't want to replace him for whatever reason. I don't know if because they like him. They don't think the other dude's ready. A combo both. Whatever it is. He's bad. Him playing in the playoffs is bad. And I'm going to complain as such. But either way, the Montgomery trade, eh, the, more, the, the more I think about it, the more it's just like, okay, whatever. And, and also, an interesting thing I found about Harrison Bader, you know, through one of my group chats, was the fact that um, his, his home away splits are rather extreme and not in the way that you, not in the way that you would think. Like, he... For some reason, in his home away splits, I'm looking at them right now. Okay, I'm pulling them up. All right. At home in his career, he's a 210, 295, 339 slug guy. At, at, on, on the road, he's a 280, 344, 476 guy. Now, I don't know if it's just because he couldn't see. I don't know if it was just the, 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 the backdrop. I don't know what it is about Bush saying that Harrison Bader couldn't hit there. Oh, away from home, he's a pretty good hitter. Now, is that is it as simple as saying, hey, he's not playing the Bush Stadium anymore. You know, he's going to be good now. I don't know. I'm not saying that. But I will say I was a bit more encouraged about the trade after looking at the splits than I was before looking at the splits, right? So, look, do I think that trade was about 2022? No, not really. Would I be surprised if he was starting in center field for the Yankees in the 2022 playoffs? No. But I think it was more about, hey, 2023, come 2023, this is our starting center fielder. And Brian Cashman seems to be going heavy on it on defense and, and, and fielding. With, I mean, excuse me, defense and speed, which, I mean, some of it is not for me. Like, Bader is fine. I could deal with, like, the Bader types. Ben intended defense not good enough for uh, to, to run, run somebody out there with no power. IKF, you know how I feel about that dude already. Like, like at least Josh Johnson has some power. He's just been bad on offense, but he's been elite with the glove. Trevino behind the plate's been elite with the glove and, and elite with the pitch calling and the framing and all of that. So I'm not as far in on it as Brian Cashman is, but he is. And he's tr people have been complaining that the Yankees need to try something different. All they do is try and bop and hit the ball at the park. And Well, he's trying something different. It ain't something necessarily that I'm a big fan of, but not all of it anyway. But he's trying something different. People people ask for it, and now the same people are complaining. Because, of course, what would Yankee fans be without irrationally complaining no matter what happens? And on that note, I'd like to implore you to listen to the Middle Initial Podcast with myself, Andrew L. Case, Andrew L. Case and Jude A. Jackson as we discuss current sports topics. Rate, review, and subscribe for that podcast and for this one, and I will see you when I see you. Sorry, this is it, but homeboy, they got to go. Now I got step up in the place and you watch them correct. Yeah. Got you all in check. I got that head nod shit that make you break your neck.